Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So-So, in case you ain't no so And welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So-So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, man, we got a quick episode for you guys. We're recapping the Heat, we're recapping the Panthers, and we're recapping the Marlins. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Yes, sir. We back in the building. What's up, y'all? It's your boy So So. Um, my boy Joel's on the line. Joel, say what's up to the people, man. Joel's on the line. Uh, he's traveling. So So's in the middle of moving some things around here in Miami. Uh, but we find a way to make this work and bring you this podcast and let you guys know um, this is what we do. Uh, this episode specifically is going to be a quick one, like I said. Uh, we got a little bit to catch up on with the Heat, right? Two games have passed since we've started, and they went one and one in their trip up to Atlanta. Now, game three is the game that bothered me probably just like it bothered y'all. Um, something that I, that I really didn't understand, and we can talk about the entire game, but it really came down to those last three, four possessions that the Heat had. Uh, if you think about it, we knew that we were going to Jimmy, right? Because Jimmy is our closer. But in that game, Tyler Hero was actually one of the ones that was balling for us because he had a 20-something point game. But he was the hot hand at that point. I think Joel's on the line now. What's up, buddy? Yo, you hear me? Yeah, man, you're on. We're live. But <laughs> we're oh, man. Sorry about that. I'm in the airport right now in the middle of a six-hour delay that's about to come to an end here. Yeah, man. And uh, it's been a long day. So what's going on? So not much, bro. Um, talk to me real quick about Miami Golf Bros. Twenty Twenty Two. Man, this shit looked amazing. Oh my goodness, man! Uh, I'm, I'm still feeling the after effects of a, <laughs> of a fun-filled weekend. Seventy, you know, three days, seventy-two holes, sixteen guys. It was it was crazy, man. It was a lot of fun, a lot of good memories, and I can't wait to do it all again next year. So you know, I hope you guys are following. <laughs> following the content, I, I try to keep up with as much content as I could this weekend. Yeah, man. Of course, we were following up with that, man. Miami Golf Bros on IG, you know where we're going to get that best golf content down here in Miami. And not only that, bro, we're looking forward to the rest of the content you have uh, that you haven't even got a chance to touch yet, man. I'm sure it was amazing. Um, yeah. And you know your boy So So is going to be there next year, dog. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just talking real quick about game three that we lost 111 to 110 against Atlanta. <laughs> And pretty much how that game came down to those final possessions, right? Where the Heat really couldn't get anything going on offense. And, and we saw Jimmy trying to force it. I, I know that I was expecting Jimmy to do something more in his nature, right? Not just do a fadeaway jumper or, you know, trying to shoot over three guys. I, I thought that he was going to try to take it to the hole and really do a, like, uh, just a strong take to the basket, right? See if he can get the foul or if he can just, you know, find a way to finish. And both times in those, in that last minute where we had those last two possessions, you saw that he was trying to make it like, it felt like he was playing hero ball realistically, right? Like trying to hit the big shot and trying to hit a big jumper to silence the crowd instead of doing what he does best, which is driving to the hole. Now he still had a good game, right? Finished with 20 points and 10 rebounds and eight assists. But those two last possessions really looked bad, man, because, like I said, Tyler Hero had been the hot hand. He had 24 points in that game, seven rebounds, four assists, and was 10 of 22. A really good game, right, coming off the bench, our, our leading scorer. 
but in that last minute, I I I kind of felt like Spo dropped the ball there, right? He didn't necessarily call a timeout. He let the offense just run through Jimmy, and ultimately Jimmy didn't come through for us, right? And that's after he had great first two games, but in that third game, he just didn't come through for us. What do you think? I mean, I think it goes beyond, you know, just those two plays for, for that loss in particular. Um, I think, I mean, personally, I think there's a lot of missed calls in that game. I think there's a lot of calls that were going the Hawks' way. Um, you know, we, we were streaky. They, you know, they went on the run. We went on the run. It was kind of back and forth, not, you know, typical of what we've seen in, through the first two games in that series. Um, and it was just a, just an odd game, man. Uh, first one for them at home. You know, I, I didn't like the play either. I didn't like that hero ball, you know, heave-ho uh, by Jimmy. I'm okay with Jimmy taking a shot or doing something, but I just didn't like that, like, you know, fading away to the side. Even though he had made a couple of those earlier already in the game, you know, I just didn't like that with the game on the line, but I get it also because I did call a gentleman sweep. I said they were going to win at least one game. You know, they have the ability to do so. And, you know, that's what happened here, man. We just won two back-to-back games at home. Um, you know, we, we know this is, you know, we still need two more wins. It came down to the wire there. It was a matter of, you know what, let's just try to win this right now. If not, boom, we'll move on to the next one and we'll wrap it up. And, I mean, that's, that's exactly where, you know, what ended up happening in game four. Yeah, you're 100% right. And, you know, something that I didn't really touch on at this point was the Kyle Lowry injury, right? The Kyle Lowry injury in the third quarter really hurt us because normally he would have been on the floor in those fourth quarter situations and the Jimmy pro- and the ball probably wouldn't have been in Jimmy's hand, right? Where he has to make the decision. Kyle Lowry probably would have been able to like read the off the defense a little bit better, get initiate some better offense, maybe run a pick and roll with Bam or run one with with Hero. And, he, and his presence think, was like definitely lacking. I'm sorry to cut you off, and I just don't think we also had that much time either. And I'm glad you brought up the Kyle Lowry uh, injury because uh, you know that's something I want I wanted to ask you about. Uh, but as far as just going back to that play at the game, I mean, I feel like that that Trey Young, you know, real quick transition that turned into a, a floater layup, you know, mm-hmm. took them up by three, you know, and then we had like less than like five seconds to, to kind of get a playoff. I think it was, if my, my memory serves me correct. Correct. You know, even, even if we have our general, our floor general out there in, in Lowry, I don't, I don't really know, you know, if we're going to be able to draw up anything, you know, more impactful than that. We could, we probably, we probably could have, but. Again, in that circumstance, that situation, I guess I'm okay with it. Obviously, now, in hindsight, you know, the fact that we ended up uh, bouncing back. But then that leads me to the Cal Lowry subject. You know, you've been a big proponent on Lowry and how strong the point guard, you know, how strong an impact they make when they're on the floor versus when they're not. And we've seen that with Lowry and the Heat team. Um, the fact that he's out, you know, obviously we already had one game and, and it was a success. But you, know, you got any concerns if Lowry's not out there on the floor moving forward? I do have concerns moving forward, right? Not for game five. We know that he's going to miss game five. Uh, Ira reported it this morning. And um, that's Ira Windeman for everybody who doesn't know Ira, local sports. You should know your local writers, but whatever. Uh, he reported that Kyle Lowry is going to be out for game five, which is okay, right? Because we saw that bounce back in game four where the defense stepped up. Um, the Heat ended up winning that game 110 to 186, and we really just destroyed them defensively. We shut down Trey, another terrible game for him. I think he only ended up with nine points. Um, even Collins, man, he had a rough going at it and, and really couldn't get anything going. The Heat literally stifled these guys. Trey Young, nine points. Uh, Herder with four points. Uh, Jason, uh, Jason Collins, John Collins, sorry, 11 points. Um, even Clint Capello, who made his, his comeback, right? Only had two points. 
And Bogdanovich, which was probably their best player or has been their best player, he only had four points that game. Like, the defense really came out to play. And when that when that is rolling for the Heat, we've seen them have easy wins. And that's what this really turned into. The third quarter came out, and we literally blew, blew them out of the water in that third quarter. Uh because they didn't, they only had like eight points, I think, in that whole quarter until like the final two minutes of the game. So like two minutes of the quarter. So we saw something click with the Heat defense to say, all right, we need to ramp it up. Let's shut these guys out, get our road victory, come back home, and finish that gentleman sweep. That's it, man. That's it. Just like I called it, um, I have full confidence that we're going to be able to get the job done, you know, in this next game at home. But going back to that game three. Um, the one thing we do got to control, I feel like, you know, besides Trey Young, we saw that clip that went viral of uh, Trey Young being picked up full court first by PJ Tucker. Then they try to run a, you know, a little pick. He gets picked up by Bam, and then they try to do it again, and he gets picked up by Jimmy. You know, <laughs> arguably three of the best defenders in the league <laughs> right now, and Trey Young's having to deal with all of them. So I can't imagine what, what that kid's going through. But um, the one, you know, one guy that had a big impact in that game three, man, that, that really did kill us was, was uh, Bogdanovich. Yeah, he's been, like I said, he's been their best player, man. He's been the one who's hit shots for them in the fourth quarter, right, to either get them close in the game or even to put the game away for them in, like he did in game three. And, yeah, Trey is going to get the shine because he's the one who hit that floater. But Bogdanovich was the one who hit a couple of threes to bring him within range. You know what I mean? And people are probably going to look over look over that. Um, yep. And you mentioned that full court press. That's probably something we're going to see tomorrow night in game five, right, just to close it out, uh, really put the pressure on these guys and, and end the, the series in an emphatic way and get that gentleman sweep like you predicted and just finish it you know just finish the game over and on let's see um let's let's talk real quick about the panthers man because the panthers they got their 13 game winning streak broken last night uh go down to tampa bay eight to four which you knew it was bound to happen right you knew they were bound to lose a game here and there it was just a tough one to see because we hate Tampa Bay so much <laughs> as our rival. But uh, a 13-game winning streak, man, that's nothing to sneeze at. And this, this Panthers team is really, really rolling right now, brother. This is the equivalent of the Heat's 27-game win streak. And yes. people are not realizing that. That was that was so historic then. This 13-game win streak is outrageous for these Florida Panthers, man. And it, 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 it couldn't come at a better time, man. It's, and we, we, we talked about it on last week's episode. We're not playing, you know, shit opponents. We're, we're playing good teams, you know, where we just beat the Leafs the other day in an in a overtime game. Another overtime win, right? Yep. Um, 3-2. Um, we, we, you know, we, we, we got the Lightning coming up, or have we played them already in that stretch? I think we have them coming up this week, right? No, we played them yesterday, and we lost 8-4. Ah, you see, that was the end of the... That, uh, that was the end of the streak. Uh, well, it was the end of the, the the weekend for me, so I was right. a little bit incapacitated. I didn't <laughs> follow up with that. So, talking about that game, man, what what happened there against the Lightning? Because that, that ended our streak. That doesn't bode well. I don't like that. Lightning got off to a quick start, man. They got three goals in the first period. Panthers were able to get two back, and then uh, again, they weren't able to just climb back into the game. I, I, Tampa Bay was just able to keep the pressure offensively. Blake Bob had a rough game. Uh, Spencer Knight had a rough game, and both of them, both of those guys got shot at uh, or took a lot of shots. Excuse me from Tampa Bay, and ultimately they let up the eight goals. You know, Tampa Bay had three in the first, sec, two in the second, and another three to cap off the night. Um, usually we wow. would see, yeah. Usually we would see some type of fight in the third from the Panthers, and they really did give it their all, man. You know, they had a a really good amount of shots, and they were able to get a lot of Tampa Bay 
penalties where they can get, you know, five on four, four on three advantage. And for some reason or another, they just didn't have it. And it, I think it's just a burden of having a 13-game winning streak and having everybody focus on that or whatever. And meanwhile, you know, they're breaking more records, more most wins at home. Um, even though they lost to Tampa Bay, right, for the season, they get the most wins at home. They're currently the number one team in the NHL with 120 points, four clear of Colorado. Super important, like we talked about in the last episode, like having that distance and securing that home ice advantage throughout the entire playoffs, not even just through the East. Um, because that's where they're heading, right? We we think that the we know that the goal is the Stanley Cup for this team, and in order for them to make it easier on themselves, they needed that home ice all the way through, and now they got it. Uh, being that thirteen game winning streak, like you said, it's equivalent to that 26, 24 game winning streak that the Heat had here. Um, it's something that is so huge in hockey terms that it's like never been seen before. Dominant, how dominant a team can be at home, like the Panthers have been. So I'm hoping they can carry that momentum into the last week of the season that they're getting into, right? They got a three-game road trip before the season ends. They're going to be playing in Boston tomorrow while the Heat are playing and taking care of business down here. Then they finish up with Ottawa, and they finish up the Canadian Tour with Montreal. Um, I don't know if I place a lot of emphasis on those games as far as like, damn, we got to beat those teams. It's just a matter of keep winning and keep racking up the points so that you get that home field advantage, home ice advantage locked in. Not just that. I mean, you also want to keep us, you know, want to, we want to stay healthy, right? We don't want to lose anybody or anything dumb. Exactly. Uh, maybe now, you know, going into the playoffs. But, man, I, I want to talk a little bit more about this, this lightning game, man, because I can't help but feel like you kind of breezed over that. Um, that, that's concerning, man. That's a, that's a concern for me. I, I wish I would have seen the game. I wish I would have known a little bit more of what went into that. But two things you mentioned, you know, they, they scored a ton of goals on us. And we were, you know, we were down big and we were never able to come back. Those are the two things that the Panthers have excelled in this year, right? We don't give up goals. We don't give up many goals. And whenever we do give up goals, we find a way to claw back, no pun intended, and, and you know, get a dub out like that, that Maple Leafs game just the other day when we, we took it to OT. Correct. Um, so man, that's, I just, that just doesn't sit right with me, man. That sucks. It's a, it's a bad way to lose, right? Because, A, we're losing at home, right? That's the first thing. And then, B, the manner that we lost, right? But I think that – I don't think – I think that Tampa Bay came with a game plan of just let's be physical because, like I said, they had a bunch of penalties. So they were out there just trying to disrupt the Panthers' rhythm. Forget about offensively, defensively, or, or whatever the game plan was going to be, how to attack these guys. It was more just of we're going to come out here, we're going to be a more physical team, we're going to not care about penalties, and we're just going to do our thing. And they were able to achieve it, you know. Um, man, it you know, it's it's a – it's a troubling sign, right, to lose to a big rival like that because for Tampa Bay, they, they they haven't had the greatest of season like we know, right? We were more worried about Toronto than Tampa Bay in the playoffs. But for for us to lose to a rival like that, it is disheartening. But I think that it's it's a matter of that carrying that 13-game win streak. You know, that, that shit can get heavy to to carry and every day the reporters are asking you like, hey, you know how you guys feeling about the streak and this and that? That shit's tough, man. No, I get it. I can I can understand that very but at the same time for, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, the the team that knocked us out of our playoff, you know, our, our Stanley Cup final hopes last year in the first round of the playoffs, our our in state rival, uh, you know, the, the the team to beat in the league. 
they're the ones to come in there and 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 take that from us. That I just think a little bit more right now. That's so just, I hope it that, sucks. Uh, I hope we can get it done come come playoff time. I know we're gonna see them. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And and I think you know what I'm I'm not gonna say that I'm okay with the loss because the loss sucked. But I'm gonna say this: it's definitely gonna be a motivating factor the next time we see these guys. Right, because they're gonna be feeling smug and shit, and saying, "Oh, well, we took them on their home ice. We're not worried about that. We're not worried about them. This and that. We know how to play this team, and that's just gonna motivate the Panthers, uh, Barkoff and company, um, and really just to say, you guys think you know us? Here's another level that you guys weren't even prepared for, and we're gonna bring it. You know, because I get, I feel like that's the team that's standing in our way, dog. Like mentally, you know that, and physically, obviously, 100%. That's the team that's standing in our way. If we can clear that hurdle, shit, uh, the rest of the NHL is in trouble. You know, the rest of the NHL is in trouble. Fact, uh, bro. You know, we we never really talked too much Marlins baseball last year, and we made a promise to ourselves that we're gonna watch more Marlins baseball and we're gonna stay more in tune with them. And so far, so far, it's early in the season, guys. I know this. I know this. But so far, they've been doing their thing and really playing some entertaining baseball. Meanwhile, winning games and winning a series. We took three, uh, two out of three against Atlanta over this past weekend. Um, we got really good pitching performances from Alcantara. <coughs> Excuse me. Alcantara, once again, um, he's probably been our best pitcher. We've seen Jesus Sanchez keep, keep it up. Our boy Jazz keeps it up. Um, this team is starting to find a little bit of rhythm, I feel like, man. No, I, I, uh, I haven't. I haven't kept up. I'm like keep leaving me up. I'm in the airport and I'm gonna keep me up against an emergency exit door. So if you hear an alarm go off, I'm, I might be here. TSA's coming for you, bro. Yeah, dog. I gotta lay low. Um, no, but dude, I'm glad that so I got a pitch to, in the series against the Braves this week and pulled out a W. Correct. Correct. All right. Well, I'm glad he did, man, because the boys owed it to him. I, I don't. I don't understand how a couple of days, you know, last week, last Thursday, um, you know, we go. He go. He throw. He goes. Basically, throws. Uh, uh, like an amazing game. And I wouldn't say a perfect game, obviously, for, for obvious reasons, but he throws an amazing game. Uh, zero, you know, no runs allowed and goes down to the, you know, ninth inning and then boom, they put up two runs on us. I forgot who we were playing and we ended up losing that game late in the, you know, late in the ninth inning. And it was like, dude, like with the game that he pitched, like our guys need to be doing, the, you know, <laughs> the minimum, getting some hits, getting some runs, like hobble brother out. He can't be pitching like that. So I'm glad to hear. That they actually pulled out, you know, a win. Talk to me about that that win that he started. What happened there? He pitched amazing that game against Atlanta, man. And you're right. He it's what you said. He needed some type of run support where there's at least something where he can work with, right? Whether it be one run, two run, and and we get it like that. Uh, what's what's really nice is. How the staff is starting to come together, right? Remember when we talked about the the catcher window coming coming in and, and being acquired, and we were like, "Damn, that's gonna be great for the pitching staff because we're gonna see these guys improve big time." And we're seeing it. Alcantara himself is is you know has a one point eight six ERA on the season. He has fifteen strikeouts. This guy's really pitching his heart out, but he only has one win to show for it. Really tough for a pitcher who's pitching really well, right? Yeah, man, it's not his fault, <laughs> in my opinion. No, of course not. You know what I mean? But, like, it's tough because, A, we know that we're counting on him, right? The Martins are definitely counting him uh, on him as a starter and probably as our ace, right, to go out there and be the workhorse and pitch as much as you can and get those right. innings in and, you know what I mean, and really work it. And he's been doing it. 
You know, he just hasn't been able to reap the rewards as much. Uh, but thankfully, we're, we're, we're starting to get into positions in the game where we can win those type of performances. And, and, and I feel like he's going to be a guy who's definitely over that 15, 12 win mark for the season. I'm almost, I'm almost down to bet on it. You know, if you want to get crazy, we can look at it. No, no, no. I, I would take, I mean, I wouldn't take that bet. You know, because like, I'm right there with you. Um, but or I would take that bet, I guess, because I am right there with you. But, um, <laughs> but it's exactly that, man. They need to, they need to, the boys need to get some hits whenever he, whenever he's pitching, because he's going to throw good games. And if we can't back him up with that run support, oh, bad. We're, we're not going to be able to call up those W's that we're talking to the kids. 100%. You know? A hundred percent. And, you know, we have seen an improvement in the hit departments, right? Uh, Jesus Sanchez is leading the team with 18 hits. You have Wendell with 15. He had a really good series against the Cardinals in Atlanta. Um, we got Jazz who's been keeping it up. Cooper, you know, he strikes out a lot. But, man, when he when he gets into one, he, he's doing damage with it, you know. Uh, Jesus Aguilar is finding a, finally finding his stroke, right? He has 11 hits on the season so far. Jorge Soler has 11 hits on the, hits on the season so far. So they're starting to get into a rhythm where you're seeing that kind of performance. Um, what's wild to me is that Jazz is leading the team with four home runs. That his lately his his home run swing has been more and more like Ken Griffin Jr. I saw somebody post like a TikTok about it, and I was like, I don't know if it's close, but it's like, damn, it's it's nice when a lefty really gets into one and it looks really nice, you know. For his for his little ass to be leading the team with four home runs so far, that's wild, man. Fifteen RBIs on the season too. That's that's super impressive. I didn't think. I mean, <clears throat> let me ask you this: At the end of the season, do we expect him to be the, the leader for our team? Hell no. Yeah. You know, so what? So what is that going back to what we were just saying when you know Sandy's pitching and we're not, you know, we're not hitting? What does that tell you about the rest of our team right now? Yeah, you know, it's a slow start. So, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, maybe the fact we didn't have spring training, you know, push, baseball got pushed back. Maybe these guys aren't, you know, aren't as sharp as, sharp as they they can be. You know what I mean? But you know, we're seeing spurts. We're seeing Spurs and Talent, and Jazz is my favorite one, man. This guy kid's electric to watch. He's the best, bro. And you know what? You're, you're right, man. We are seeing a lot of different spurts on both the offensive side and the defensive side. Um, we've had this pitcher that we acquired from the A's in this, uh, the Marte trade. Uh, his name is Jesus Lazardo. Man, what a great start to the season, you know. Um, he's 1-0 for us. He has a 1.0 ERA. Uh Doing really well, and he pitched a hell of a game against Atlanta the other day. He got five innings, only gave up two hits, one run, um, four walks, eight strikeouts. This guy's definitely working it this season, and this is a guy who we didn't know what we were going to get, right, because he had a bad little, like, uh, I want to say a rep, right, but not necessarily. He he had a lot of injuries from playing video games and shit. I don't know if you remember that story. The guy got hurt, couldn't play because – he was playing too much PS5 at home. So imagine um, a bad work ethic and stuff like that. It's probably it wasn't his reputation, but he's been able to be effective down here for the Marlins and, and really pitching well. Yeah. Let's see, man. Let's we need as much, as much help as we can in that department, man. That was definitely our, where we were lagging the most last year. So we need we need some, some good pitchers. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, we talked, uh, we talked heat. We talked... Panthers, we talked Marlins. We're getting ready for the draft on Thursday. Um, man, are you looking forward to this draft or not really? Uh, I am. I just saw the, the clip about uh, Mel Kuyper turning some odd years ago going back and forth with uh, the old owner for the Colts. Yeah, they have me up. Uh, you never know what's going to happen at the draft. You never know what kind of electric moment, you know, crazy. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm excited. I want to see what the Dolphins got. 
Me too, man. Joel, thanks for jumping in on this call, man. Uh, I'm glad we were able to knock out this quick episode, brother. And safe travels, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, no doubt, homie. Appreciate you as always. Yes, sir. For everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. It's your boy, So. You know what to do. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Check us out on social media. And until next time, y'all, peace.